right, is that enough awkward? I think that's enough awkward silence. Should we start the show, David? Yeah. How's your asshole? <laughs> um, it's fine. It's you know what? I pooped like much less volume than I normally poop today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm a little worried about that, because I definitely ate, like, plenty yesterday. Oh, that's my life, bro. But, like, the amount of poop, but, and usually it produces a strong amount of poop. No, Like, not- a, a comparable amount to the amount I ate the day before. But that, that's not, that hasn't been the case today. I've only pooped, like, a little bit today. And it's, like, like, the butthole feels clear right now. Nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, like, backed up down there. It's just, like, where is, where have all the nutrients gone, David? (laughs) That's my life. That's what I, that's what I live every day. Where does all that poop go? I'm, I'm always, I'm always constipated. Actually, earlier, I was on the phone with Genevieve, and I said I had to go poop, and then I tried, and nothing happened, so I just didn't poop. That's great. Um. Welcome to our, uh, probably what will be. Is it? Is this, well, it depends. What might be our longest episode, but definitely our most in-depth no, episode. No, this won't be as long as, like, the... The Pokemon one? I think the Pokemon one was our longest. Pokemon one was, was very long. Um, we're just gonna keep going until we get tired, because we have a guest today. We do. Um, um, and on... we're also, spoiler alert, uh, recording this in the same room for, like, mm. the first... This is... This is major news, folks. This is the first time we've ever recorded a poo crew with me and David in the mm-hmm. same room. It's pretty whack, y'all. <laughs> and we are, ca- even though this is a pretty, like, this is a topic that all three of us care about. You don't get to introduce yourself, Sam. Um, <laughs> you gave away his name! Even though this is a topic that we all care about, this is going to count as a David episode, and we'll hit you with a Griffin episode next week. So, like, Well, the, the topic was your idea. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Hi, Sam! How are, you, how are you, since David's just gonna, like, blow your introduction? So, I this week's episode... <laughs> Hi. I exist. This is actually my place. I brought you two together for the first time in your lives. <laughs> We've ne- Me and Greg yeah, have never met. Yeah, I've never met David in person until tonight. Internet it's a big. It's a big night. I've never actually seen what Griffin looks like until now. Yeah, we, were you surprised? Um, we met in Halo online. I would assume they would have one small hand and one big hand. Uh, well, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's like radar on Mash. <laughs> I forgot about that. And they one always his, yeah, one of his hands they, was, they wouldn't show the one. Yeah, one of his hands was always smaller than the other. That's why he was always holding like a clipboard yeah, or something or a teddy bear. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Mash. Oh, we should though. do an episode about. We should do an episode where you try to convince me to watch Mash. <laughs> Mash is really good. You should. Try David, to watch there are that. a lot of episodes that are just me trying to convince you to watch a thing. Um. Anyway, what we're actually talking about is well, it's your topic, David. You, okay. You, you're so, moderating this thing. You should be taking over. Um, we're about to get into some um pretty deep lore nerd shit because we are about to debate between. The Emperor of Mankind from 40k and the Emperor from the Star Wars universes and Emperor Palpatine. Who would win between the two? And we are But not like a one-on-one Not fight. a one-on-one fight. We're yeah, like, we gotta set up some we, parameters. In we're fact, about to set up some parameters, gonna... but before we do that, I do want to clarify that 
I, per, I I'm going to be acting as moderator for, uh, for the majority of this. Griffin will be defending the side of the Star Wars universe, and Sam, for the most part, will be defending the side of the 40k universe. I still don't think you introduced me. Do they know who I am? You're Sam. I gave you... A, no, you were on one of our episodes before, remember, where you ranted about people who can't drive? I did. Yeah, you've been on this show just, before. Just to, just to clarify, I know I gave a false fact from that episode. The standard trailer on a semi <laughs> is actually 53 feet long, not 52. Don't at me. Thank you. So this is our friend Sam. <laughs> Who you have met in person before. The Wait. listeners met them met you in person before? No, you. Oh, oh, I thought you were I thought you were directing that towards the listener. You were saying that the listeners met you in person before. Maybe they have. De- depends who's listening. <laughs> um, but this week's uh episode will probably not come to a conclusion, but there will be a debate. <laughs> so, I mean, that's yeah, because I don't <laughs> I don't think I'm going to successfully convince Sam, and I don't think Sam's going to convince me. Yeah, we're just kind of debating for the fun of the uh, of throwing points out. We're there. debating it because David asked us this question over text one day, and the text chain just kept going for like the next two days straight <laughs> of us. I I'm looking I back were, through my texts now. I think there were even parts where it got heated. <laughs> it I it did get a little okay okay. Uh, the the topic was first brought up. On October 17th, late at, at, at almost 10 p.m. God, time is an illusion. <laughs> the, the, de- the last text that was sent related to this debate uh, was two days later <laughs> at, at about noon. But it did just keep going, so... Yeah, and the only reason we stopped is because we agreed that this needed to be a Pooh Crew episode. Mm-hmm. So, oh, something we do need to to clarify. Um, I am, in fact, um, I'm trying to think of the correct word. All of a sudden, my mind is blanking. I am qualified to be on the Pooh Crew about four years ago, three years ago. I was diagnosed with stress-induced IBS. Yay! So, do you want to talk about your asshole? I mean, it's doing pretty good. I, I it's have, okay. It's not a requirement. We, got, requirement. we got Gib on the show, and he doesn't poop at all. Uh, this is true. Um, I would say my only claim to fame is that I have a notorious record of destroying um, truck stop bathrooms. That's about not it. just truck stop bathrooms. Gas station, truck stop, at restaurant. least one dorm room toilet. Sam's known across dorm, dorm the room. Midwest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he is feared by all toilets in the region. Um, you're also qualified to talk about Warhammer 40k. I am? I would say so. How oh. long have you been a fan of Warhammer 40k? Uh, well, I first got into Warhammer when I was probably about 10 or 11, but I was actually into fantasy. Uh, my friend was into 40k. But weirdly enough, my dad was like, the space guys aren't as cool. Stick to fantasy. I'm not going to buy you that expensive space shit. <laughs> so then once I got old enough to have my own money... I changed my mind. <laughs> and how long have you been a fan of Star Wars, Griffin? Um, when I was like five, maybe even four, my parents just sat me down one day. They're like, Griffin, we think you're old enough to watch Star Wars. Mm. And they showed me the original trilogy. And I, it was, it was cool. Cause it was the first like 
even though Star Wars is like kind of for kids, it was it was the closest thing to like a grown up movie that I had ever seen at that age. So it was very exciting. And then I saw the prequels, and I love memes. And then I saw the sequels, and I like those too. Uh, all Star Wars movies are good. Just, I, I just, gotta... just putting that out there. All Star Wars movies this are good. Is, this is a little off topic, but just the way you phrased that just kind of made me laugh internally. You say that Star Wars at five years old was like the closest thing to like an adult movie that you had seen to that point. Yeah. And that just reminded me of the time when I was four years old and my, my dad thought I was mature enough to watch Child's Play. <laughs> which then gave me a phobia of dolls for up to now. Yeah, no, horror movies were a strict no-no in my house growing up. My dad does not do horror at all. In fact, here, as long as we're going off on tangents, my dad, um, he wanted to watch all the, like, Oscar Best Picture winners, so he had to watch Silence of the Lambs, which he had never seen before. He made my mom and I watch it with him. He didn't say a word the entire movie, and the second the credits rolled, he ran up the stairs and shouted, All right, I've seen it! I never have to watch it again! <laughs> That's awesome. So that is the extent to which horror movies did not come into my house as a kid. Uh, the, last cl- the last clarification I want to make is that I am a Star Wars fan. I've yeah, been watching important. Star Wars my whole life as well. Um, so I I will be debating on behalf of 40k because that's the actual side that I take in this debate. But I just do want to clarify, I am familiar with Star Wars and I am a fan. Wish I could say the same about my competitor, but... Yeah, now I need to clarify. I don't know <laughs> jack fucking shit about Warhammer. So Warhammer uh, nerds, don't at me. Oh, good luck. Um... Because uh, Palpatine will kick all your asses. <laughs> so I guess we should set us a, a bit, a couple parameters, because this isn't a, this isn't a like straight up knuckle brawl and fight in an arena. That's not no, what we're because, debating. No, so this because is total war. As soon mm-hmm. as you pointed that out, my first like, you can't put Palpatine in an open fight. He would never agree to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not even sure That's... Big E would agree to that. He might. He would. <laughs> he did. <laughs> But like fighting people out in the open like that's not that's not how palpatine operates at all it's like if you put uh it's i don't know i don't have a good analogy for it but it just it it just isn't a fair fight if they're fighting out in the open Mm -hmm. because that's just not how palpatine operates even though he's incredibly powerful when you do fight him. Uh, Biggie may not square up in person because he'll just send one of his sons to do it and scar them for life instead of doing it himself. That is a wonderful tactic he has as a father. <laughs> I mean, Palpatine would probably do the same thing with just one of his apprentices. We, we, can get into, we can get into yeah, we this can get into, once we actually So start. I think we're doing a full-out war. Generally, what I said in the text was spanning the length of about 100 years, 50 to 100 years. I mean, that's if you're not like taking into account like space travel and shit because unfortunately which is something we'll discuss later uh the 40k universe does not have the same idea of warp travel as mm-hmm. most sci-fi things such as star wars they have to basically travel through uh hell sort of yeah to go faster but it's nowhere near as fast we'll, as we'll, like we'll that's get... how space travel works yeah in we'll get to that when we get, we'll get to, to that. it um, but i'm just saying in let's... parameters of time that can make things complicated since we're here why don't we since we're here talking about how this isn't gonna be a square up fight between the two right let's talk about physical power sure 
Um, just to get that out of the way. Just like actual military. No, these two men. Oh, like the individuals. These two individuals' physical abilities. Sure. Um, So also, so we're talking about. Also, I think we're setting both. uh, We're setting both of them in their prime, right? Well, Well, it wouldn't be really fair to have a skeleton in a chair fighting a. Right (laughs) now, the trouble with that is it's kind of debatable what is Palpatine's prime. Because if it's just him, I mean, I guess, I guess his prime in terms of like just sheer raw power would be in Rise of Skywalker. Then, because he has when he blows out the speakers in the theater with that big old lightning. Bolt. Yeah, when he blows out the speakers, Is that real? <laughs> yeah, you ever? No, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> you ever see that video online where someone like took a video in the um in the theater and it's like that one scene with the giant lightning yeah, bolt yeah, yeah. and he just goes. Because it goes silent there for a second before it happens. It goes... <laughs> <laughs> the speakers are just, like, destroyed. In the <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one point for uh, the Emperor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so, yeah, depending on what era you set him in, Palpatine theoretically has, like, the power of every Sith who ever lived. And when you get into like weird shit like uh, uh, um, Knights of the Old Republic, there's some crazy. Yeah. I mean, he he shit. literally says it in Rise of Skywalker. I am all the Sith. And that's not a that's not a metaphor. He literally has like the souls and powers of every Sith Lord who ever lived in mm-hmm. him. Now, didn't he also have limitations physically? Like, wasn't he hooked up to like? A bunch of machines to actually keep his physical body from just deteriorating. Yes, but that's because... So, after... Because that's not his original body. Right, that's a clone. It's a clone. body it's died a, in Yeah, it's a clone six. body. So, I don't know the exact... How that works. Mm-hmm. I mean, once he... Like, sucked some juice up from Rey and Kylo Ren, <laughs> he seemed to be fine without it. So... Clearly, he just needs some more juice. <laughs> mm, I see. Okay, so the Emperor. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, now, this is big, why big, we're not doing a knuckle. Hold on. We need, we need something else to call him because they're both big. Big, 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 yeah. big, It's Biggie and Palpatine, kind yeah. of, is what we're going by. Um, it's so, a really complicated answer, and, and that's going to be a common theme with 40K because the narrative, it really changes depending on what period of real time it was written in the story has been rewritten like the original narrative was told back when it first came out what was it the late 80s well I think yeah it was. well maybe just outline like on a basic uh, yeah. level what are yeah. the, what are his powers the biggest the biggest qualifications that he's got is he is the most powerful psychic being pretty much in the universe, in the universe. it's it's not it's to the point where even in death he has kind of started to turn into a god. Mm-hmm. But that's another story. He can affect. I mean, like he can affect things across the galaxy yeah. with his brain. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, just just to give some like reference points and whatnot. Um, he the the thing the thing the weird thing about it is because you know like Star Wars has the Force and then. 40k has like psychic powers and psionics and things like yeah that. and we're assuming all those powers are valid and yeah in yeah you have to otherwise everyone gets all their powers there's no mm-hmm. weird limitations on oh this doesn't exist in this well, right if you do that then then 40k would win instantly purely because of the scale of it like the physicality like biggie is like a giant like 10 to 
12 foot tall man in power armor with a flaming sword and if Palpatine can't use the force then what's he going to do to this? <laughs> just an old man in a row! <laughs> it's just I mean it's Palpatine so he could probably talk his way through a decent amount of it. But, That's the thing about But yeah, Pinky, no, without though. the force there's no so, point. So I guess if I if I'll just give a quick synopsis of like what people think big e is there's no big answer to this it's something that a lot of people theorize and speculate on different people have different opinions one thing we do know is that he's an eternal which means that he can't die period if he dies he comes back to life that is a thing there is no way to truly kill an eternal because they can regenerate from a single cell one of his sons has that ability and he's not even a fraction of as powerful as big e um now that being said he did get put into a weird spot. Like the whole like modern thing about Big E is that he was quote unquote killed by his most powerful son, Horus. And he now sits as basically a rotting corpse on a throne, but is still psychically powerful enough to hold back the entirety of hell, which is the warp or hell. The warp are very similar things. It's like a, an extra plane connected with the material universe. And he still single-handedly in his like dead state can hold off the entire powers of hell from like just kind of warping into earth and just eating everything. It's like if one person was holding back a gate to hell. Yeah. That was broken open by one of his sons. Yeah, literally. And he, casts such a strong psychic presence in the warp that people in the rest of the galaxy see his signature and can navigate ships and can navigate to like because like i they travel through hell to use or the warp to do quote-unquote warp speed to go faster and they they go off of this light that the emperor gives off on earth to you know like how navigators will use stars to navigate Mm. they can see it anywhere in the galaxy that's how powerful of a presence it is and like in pure physical um in pure physicality the, the weird thing about the emperor is uh there's theories that he straight up can distort your perspective of what he looks like nobody really knows what his true physical presence is he just likes to look like a 15 foot golden god dude mm. So, so like so you're saying for sure. like it might just be Steve Buscemi in a trench coat potentially um but that would be an amazing twist to Warhammer as if they find out that Big E is just Steve Buscemi in a trench coat pretty much pretty um, much um, but, so, well the, I was going to say real quick that is partially the reason that the parameter has been set that this is not a arena fight, fight arena fight between work. the two because Griffin has made the point that that's not how the uh, the how Palpatine operates, and Biggie is powers yeah, are so undefined. If he couldn't take that... Mace Windu in a one on one, he just wouldn't have a chance against Big E. There's just right. No, although that. although it's arguable that Palpatine threw that fight. That is true. Palpatine just... threw that fight. It was all part of his plan to get Anakin to turn. Mm. Um. So and this sort of leads me to my main point about Palpatine is is yeah exactly fighting people out in the open isn't how he works which i think is a good segue to talk about and this is going to be a broad ter- uh segment that we're going to break down a little bit but th- now we're going into resources yes um so let's start with um should we start with what they rule over sure let's just talk about their empires in general 
Um, and we are, even though we may be talking about Palpatine at the height of his power, we are talking about him at the height of his, like, em- emperor power. Yeah, everything well. is yeah, going to be maxed would out be, for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's going to be maxed out for both. And there is, um, before we get into this debate between you two, I just want to give a broad overview of something interesting that I noticed in the texts is that, um, though Palpatine, um, though Palpatine has, we've kind of uh, on some level agreed that he's got a little bit less like physical power in a one-on-one fight. Uh, Biggie has never actually had full control over his galaxy. Whereas, yeah. but the I mean, technically Palpatine just, never had full oh, control. Oh, that's right. The Huns had, the, but the like, had, uh, control but 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 the thing but but the things that in the 40k universe that he's up against would absolutely overwhelm the star wars galactic empire in a heartbeat and we could talk about that once we get through the resources department yeah so let's talk about what their emperor what their empire kind of consists of and what it do you want to go first or shall i i mean palpatine's got a big ass army of stormtroopers Mm-hmm. He's got actually sorry. Don't better, he's um, got better stormtroopers. So would you would you argue that the Empire in episodes four through six is more powerful than the Republic's army with the clones in episodes two and three? Um, that's a good point. Actually, I would. I well, that's the thing. If Palpatine can have whoever he wants, technically, he was in charge of the Republic. During the Clone Wars, which means that theoretically Palpatine could have the entire Jedi Order and the clones on his side. Um, I feel like having all the Jedi is a bit overkill. <laughs> you say that now, but just well, wait. Well, we'll see. Because we were, well, should we talk about uh, Sith Apprentices and the Primarchs now? I would think it's, it's maybe, maybe just finish rounding out what the empire consists Pop- of on okay, a resources so, level. Okay, like so population on, counts, weapons, and things like that. Yeah, and then we'll get into on a, individuals. On a resource level, Palpatine has a massive, massive, massive army. Um, he needs to, because most of those soldiers are idiots. Are unless, there ever any figures shown on population-wise, like how big the Galactic I'm Empire sure is? I'm sure there are. I could not tell you offhand okay. what, it, what that consists of. Uh, we're getting a software update pop up on the screen right now. I'll just ignore that. Anyway, Palpatine basically like rules all of the civilized galaxy at the height of his powers. He's I would got, also say that he has enough money to persuade the Huts to do what he wants them to do. Probably. Well. He certainly has influence with the Huts because the Huts know they can't risk an open confrontation with the Empire. Um, he's got ships... Uh, if we're going by true height of his powers, he's got an entire fleet of ships in episode 9 that can all destroy planets. Um, but even if we're not counting those, he's also had two Death Stars that can destroy planets. Uh, and Starkiller Base, which can destroy a whole mess of planets at once. It can, can destroy a whole system. Yeah, yeah, a whole, yeah, whole star system. Um... And he's got all of his apprentices, and maybe he can have Jedi on his side too. If we're really going all out with this, I think that's about. Th- I think probably we're going to give him the Jedi based off what uh, oh. Sam's about to say. Okay, because the um, all right. So moving on to the uh, 
Yeah, okay. So Empire what is yeah, what is what does Big E have? All right. So I do know a few numbers here and there. I don't know everything, but I can give you just a general scale. So the the basic army of the Empire of Man is known as the Imperial Guard. They're your typical humans, not genetically modified, just your average Joe soldier. And a typical excursion with them numbers in the millions. Each each soldier is equipped with something called a las gun, which is essentially just your typical laser gun that you could even see in like Star Wars. I it might not be fully automatic, I'm not positive on that note. But either way, it just shoots lasers and um they have an assortment of tanks and other land vehicles, mortars and whatnot. They uh they uh there are Type uh, subspecies of humans that they they sometimes employ. Uh, the one the biggest one that they really see are called ogrins, which are literally just ogre people um, that they will bring out. That are just these big brutish, like ten feet tall giants that like hold massive riot shields and use like big guns and stuff like that. And um, they're the the method that the Imperial Guard uses more often than not is just overwhelming force of numbers. There are so many citizens in the Empire of Man. Uh, the planet count itself is in the millions because it spans the entire Milky Way galaxy. But that um, would probably be the same for the Star Wars galaxy since I would assume they're similar yeah, it sound, galaxies. It sounds like it probably would. There, there are thousands of just star systems in so, the Star exactly. Wars universe. So millions on millions. So, yeah, so your typical you Imperial Guard... All, we're talking millions and millions of soldiers per battle just being flung out like nothing. They, there's a there's an officer rank called a commissar that runs with the Imperial Guard whose entire point is to just shoot anyone from their own side that starts to run away. I so, like the commissars, yeah, <laughs> the entire point of them is to boost morale. And make sure that nobody make sure that nobody runs away from a battle. And uh, to be honest, more often than not, the Imperial Guard is so gung ho into the Emperor that they wouldn't run anyways. So that's just your basic military. Real quick, just for Griffin, because this is funny. There's a group of Imperial Guard called the Catagen Warriors. They come from a planet where everything the the plants and animals are all trying to kill you. Often commissars go missing if they are supposed to be looking over a, a group of catagen because the catagen are like, we didn't like them, so we killed here's, the here's, guy. That was here's supposed- a one sentence summary of the catagen. Well, that's guard. well, that's to me sounds like a lack of military discipline. Here, here is a one sentence uh, description or of the catagen. It is an entire branch or planet of Rambos. They're literally based off of Rambo. Got it. Every single soldier is Rambo. So now that we've talked about the guard, we should probably move on to the... Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll uh, just scale uh, up real Astartes. quick. The biggest and most effective soldiers in the Imperium are the Adeptus Astartes, which are basically just super soldiers. They're all, like, extremely tall, bio-enhanced humans who make a typical human look like just a child. Like, they, they are... They are modified to have multiple hearts, extra extra um, lung capacity, and just a, a plethora of other uh, augmentations to make them stronger, faster, and more pain tolerant. And they, without getting into too much detail, are like, they make 
They're like Captain America on steroids, essentially. Captain America is on steroids. Yeah, they make they put put Captain America Captain America on more. Put steroids. Captain America on steroids, and that is <laughs> they a, did. That is, That's how they made Captain America, and that is a single space marine. And in the height of their power, which is what we're going off of, there were hundreds of thousands of them the largest at the height of their power was the um uh omega space uh the the my mind is blanking on it all of a sudden right the ultramarines ultramarines the most known ones um i think their largest amount was like four hundred thousand at the height right and then you put 18 legions together each specializing in their own way and you have hundreds of thousands if not millions of space marines and uh we'll get into this a bit more but i would argue a single space marine could take an entire battalion of stormtroopers easily yeah, but the the stormtroopers aren't equivalent to the space marines. They're equivalent to the like basic, yeah, the imperial guard to the imperial Correct. guard. And I'm gonna say based on your description of the imperial guard that the imperial guard and the stormtroopers just kind of cancel each other. Yeah, out. I would say uh, the imperial guard are pretty equivalent. If the so moderator just like... can jump in here real quick. Sure. Um, I'm actually gonna give a, a uh, give a um opinion that it, no, that... you don't get to have opinion <laughs> as if you're a moderator. You're supposed to be unbiased. This, this isn't what, what moderating is. Yeah, David? no, no. I'm stepping out of moderator role for a second, and I'm actually going to give a, um, I think, an unpopular opinion. Sure. I think the I think the clones are slightly more powerful than the uh, Imperial Guard. Yeah, well, absolutely. Not, I was talking about stormtroopers. I think which the stormtroopers are, are slightly more uh, slightly more powerful. I agree with that statement. I think their armor is better, and I think their training is better as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, Here's I the was... thing. There are certain Imperial Guard that I would argue have better training. There are certain Imperial Guard that it's have... exactly for this reason that I was going to say they just cancel each other out. Yeah. Okay. It's um, essentially the rebels, but well equipped. Like they look very similar. But yeah. Anyways, let's get to the bigger scale here. They have um, giant war machines, and w- w- you you brought up the planet killing ships. The the typical like battle cruiser style Imperial ship comes equipped with the capabilities of destroying a planet. That is a normal thing that a fleet can do. Right. They do it all the time. How, okay, so how does planet destroying work for them? It depends on what exactly they're trying to do. They have a few methods. The The easy one is literally Cause, just cause blow the, it up. The ships so... in Star Wars, they can just fire one laser and you're done. Yeah, these, these are... are shorter range for sure they can't do it like from across star systems they typically have to be in orbit of the planet to do it um and the 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 two biggest methods are a blow it up with missiles so fucking big that it actually just causes the planet to just crumble to pieces or they have something called the life killer virus which any type of biological material dissolves to goop Literally everything. Anything that is biological in nature. Anything. And it's the entire planet gets covered with this. It turns into goop. And then they basically just napalm the fuck out of the planet. Those are their two biggest... It's called exterminatus. Right, but how are those methods uh, deployed in practice? Uh, Drops from ships in orbit. Okay. Like I said, it is not like Um, a a star system... reaching like with a uh with like the death star being able to shoot outside of its own system to destroy shit it can't do that yeah because i was gonna say the imperial guard and stormtroopers that's that's a wash to me 
but there isn't really much in the Star Wars universe that is much of an equivalent to the Space Marines. Uh, other which, than the Jedi, maybe. But other that's than not the Jedi, the same. That's... other than the Jedi, maybe. But even so, they're far. Based on your description, they're far more Space Marines than there are Jedi. So, but he, so I want to know what's Big E working with for with ships? Yeah. How big's his fleet? What? Yeah, sure. So, um, when it comes to just basic ships and whatnot, we're talking. It is able to pump out and move these massive armies of millions of regular uh, soldiers. The uh, the Astartes themselves have their own fleets that carry all of their equipment. And I've been saving the biggest weapons for last. Um, I would argue that the ships that I've been talking about, like their biggest, baddest, like battle cruiser style ships would probably equate to what the Emperor's thrown around in Episode Nine. They're, they're like the same scale. They're huge. They have weapons of mass destruction on them, and they can house literally like continents worth of people inside them. Now, there is one single thing that is referenced that I know of in the 40K universe that does equate to a Death Star. One of the Primarchs, which I will explain what those are a little later, has a base. It's his main ship that is the size of a moon. So it's like the size of the Death Star. That is an orbital... It is, it is a a base made of metal and it's a ship but it is capable of like planet cracking well that and it can move like mm-hmm. how death stars are typically usually just chilling in one spot no and the maybe death star like hopping move. around like through like warp speed and stuff yeah death star death star can move okay it i wasn't i wasn't actually sure star killer it. base cannot move because that's, that's actually on a a, that's on a planet they built it into a but planet they, it doesn't need to really it right. doesn't need to because it's it's basically like why move gun when gun fire anywhere right so anyways this this i would argue is roughly the equivalent of a death star because if a regular ship like battlecruiser ship for the imperium can destroy a planet then a moon-sized base obviously could as well all right so like uh that life killing the life killer virus could that in order for it to activate, does it have to touch biological... Like, could it penetrate the hull of a ship on its own? I mean, it's usually put on warheads and launched into orbit, and then it explodes in the atmosphere and covers everything. It's not something they do on ship-to-ship combat. It's something they do to destroy planets. Okay. But here's how it would work in a ship, because that's actually done in some of the books. Yeah, I'm just, it's I'm just a, curious, it's... like, if they fire one of those at a Star Destroyer, will it... If they penetrated or... the hull of a Star Destroyer and had a, a, a substantial amount of the Life Eater virus, which which I believe is in a gaseous form, and if they launched it into that hull and it was released, anything in that room until they sealed it off would just dissolve. That was like okay. organic life. Here's the thing. Because the virus on its own can't penetrate metal, can it? It can't penetrate metal, but... I say the but because this is brought up uh, when it's most famously used on the uh Isfahan 3 massacre um space marines have power armor right and it's like yeah about as strong armor as you're gonna see but the the mesh underneath like the 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 black carapace is what it's called but like this under skeleton of of armor that's not made of metal can still be corroded in away by the virus so like stormtrooper armor would not stop it. Respirators, right? Do but not I'm, stop I'm, but I'm like, like the actual like plated armor on the side of a ship. Sure, if you have an airtight seal, you're fine. Okay, yeah, that's that's just what I. That mean. is like, correct. You will be fine. It it's does not, not eat like, metal. yeah, it it's won't organic it won't material eat only. through the floor like an alien. No, 
No, okay. no, 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 no. Um, but again, it's not usually used in ship-to-ship combat. It's used to just destroy planets, just straight up. All you just, right. just drop it. But the, the biggest weapons that I held off on um, are called Titans. Titans are possibly the most destructive weapon outside of like planet-killing weapons that are employed by the Empire of Man. Um, essentially what they are are skyscraper-sized mecha or mech suits piloted by dozens if not hundreds of people um that literally shoot nukes like bullets they are the when you say nukes you mean like actual nukes yes i mean missiles like nuclear bombs okay like out no, of no, a no. machine gun okay just checking they are ridiculous and they are employed in regiments they have like Typically, they don't they don't deploy more than a couple of them because uh, the the one downside to it is there is a limited number of them. This is one of the factors that actually really limits the 40k universe is their look their view on technology. Um, leading up to when Biggie is really like, I'm actually going to stop you there for a second because I actually have a section ready for that. After, okay, after this. Okay, we section. can we can get to that later. Then point is these titans. Like scale them like AT AT That's the the regular walker, the biggest one, or is that ATST? ATAT are the biggest one. Now, they're real like quick, ATAT size. I did actually look this up in preparation for oh, this. Oh, did you? The average size of a Titan in 40k is between 15 at the smallest to 60 meters at the tallest. Mm-hmm. The average size of an ATAT. All of them are 22.5 meters tall. So they can get three times taller, but the thing is, they're not camel-shaped. They are humanoid-shaped. Yeah, also, AT-ATs don't fire nukes. Like, this, there's no equivalency well, there, the, aside the, from size and then comparison. The, the, counter, the counter to the ridiculous offensive power that Titans have is that they also come with these ridiculous shield batteries that, if all power is... Like, they, they have to basically balance how their power output is being used between their offensive and defensive capabilities. And if they were to put all of their power towards defense and like put all maximum power to their multiple energy shields, even Titan grade weapons can't penetrate them. Their own weapons can't penetrate their armor. They're designed to be able to fight each other. Question. Can they be deployed in space? No, no, they have to be. Well, they would destroy anything because, like, they they are transported on ships, but, but like, like in a space battle, that doesn't it doesn't really work because they don't okay. have any like propulsion. They would just float. Okay, because the way I'm looking at this now, they're primarily the, the, a land based yeah thing. The win condition for Palpatine is to basically just keep the battle in space. Sure, I because think. most of the strongest shit that Biggie has is related to and on like a, getting a, down on ground now, level. There is something just real quick. Mm-hmm. There is one thing, one bit of technology that they do have that I can't say that I've seen in Star Wars. I might be wrong, but they do they have, have fucking time travel. <laughs> short range teleportation from ship to ship. Like through psionics and through technology itself, there's a special type of space marine well, it's more of a special type of armor Space Marines can employ called Terminators, which make regular power armor look tiny. You know Fallout 4? 
Yeah. That's a regular Space Marine's armor. Put that oh, like up the, to like the suits? 11. Yeah. Like that's a regular size space, except that it's not like with the extended mecha limbs and shit. That's just how big they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so, it. like, Iron times Man and a half that. Yeah, yeah. We're we're talking like Titanium Man sized soldiers here. Yeah, I, I got it. I got these it. These are Terminators, and they have the ability to like short jump teleport from like their ship to your ship. They also have transport pods that like drill into enemy ships. But like, they could just straight up if there are no like energy shields to stop them. Teleport to the bridge. How how battalion. big a force are these guys? Typically, they come in squads. Um, because the typically, top, this like is this five, is because typically like, this is the kind of war that there's going to be a lot of battles being fought in multiple places at once. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're bringing the entirety of the Astartes and all of the legions together with all of their specializations, thousands, thousands and thousands of them. Okay. Um, one thing I was going to say really quick, which is fascinating, just a fascinating thing. Due to the um, fact that 40k is based off a tabletop board game, that's probably why all their weaponry is more based on planet based. Yeah, they're not for, really a for space the lore game. because there's no space game yeah. element. There is a ship right. game, but it's much less popular. So their ship, uh, their ship weaponry isn't as well defined as it's, Star Wars. It's expanded I think. in the books, but I've only read a few of them, so I can't really get into. In- I know. Space. I'm just I'm pushing the space thing because yeah, that is that's, obviously your your I mean, strong that's, point. That's I mean, pal- going to be Palpatine's strong suit, especially because. I think we've sort of alluded to this, but I don't think we've outright said it. 40K does not have the same kind of space transportation capabilities that they do in Star Wars. We're going to get to that in a second, but one thing I did actually want to mention was I'm just, during a lot of Sam's uh, things, I do remember that, like, Grievous, and I'm assuming Palpatine has access to this, has uh, that one gun from Clone Wars, which is just a space-based EMP. (laughs) <laughs> oh oh yeah no uh ion cannons yeah, yeah ion like... cannons are quite common um, and yeah like oh, 40k has equivalents yeah 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 i assume it probably does i do want to and we're gonna have an interesting section next but uh i do want to talk on resources more oh i i went fully into the military side of that i was I gonna say we, hive worlds well i was gonna say we talked a lot of technology and military i want to know Social resources. What kind of people do these guys two have around them? Because, <laughs> like... Like, advisors and shit? Advisors or? and the people they hold close, yeah. Okay, well... And political. One thing what, that what I... Mean, political Palpatine res- always resources? keeps political lackeys and advisors around. Mm, what are their political... He's a politician. Yeah. That's his entire background. I think this will be the biggest similarity between the two of them, is that when it comes down to it, they both know and realize... That they are more powerful and more competent than anyone else around them and will do, say, anything to get what they want. Yeah, I don't think either of them really has someone they're looking to for advice, really. Well, Biggie has somebody that he's friends with. But he's dead now. He's dead now, but like... (laughs) But also, like, at the end of the day, Biggie's gonna do what Biggie wants to do. Right, but... Palpatine's gonna do what Palpatine wants to do. Sure, absolutely. I kind of um, meant this section for apprentices ver- uh, and uh, oh, we're getting to that. Oh, sure. oh, oh, let me oh, let, let me mention one last thing on the resources side, and then I'll jump into that. The um, the Assassins Guild. That is true. The Assassins Guild are super soldiers in a different way than the Space Marines, but it is the most hardcore, basically brainwashed soldiers. There's a couple different types, but um, essentially they can do. 
even more superhero ridiculous stuff. And I say superhero, but they're like scary as fuck. Um, for example, one of them has the ability to, on a molecular level, like mystique level shapeshift through the use of drugs. Uh, my favorite uh, of the Assassin's Guild members is a guy that they pump full of drugs and like cause like psychic trauma to him, and then they just let him loose on a battlefield to kill people. And, and he's he's job. a he's a ridiculous soldier. And also, when he dies, he blows he, up. He blows up like not nuclear detonation, but very large, like building destroying detonation. So they have the capabilities of sending in tactical squads of these assassins. And, like, taking out anyone on an individual level. The, um, so, uh, on the level of, and a fascinating thing that I think has never actually come up in this conversation between the three of us, um, because we're about to talk about, like, apprentices and primarchs, and this, this isn't really, this part I don't think is much more of a, like, them versus each other, as much as what the apprentices can do and what the primarchs can do, just so that the eight, you both know what, that fascinating thing is, We've never actually talked about Darth Vader in this fucking fight before. And we've just, talked about him a little. I mean, we've, we've mentioned, mentioned that he exists, but we've not mentioned really. Darth Vader. But like, yeah, and it's not. Well, okay, so let's say how many Primarchs are there? Technically twenty, but two of them are just not. Two of them about. don't exist, and eight of them turn on. What do you mean don't exist? Okay, so there's a short. There's, a, there's a short answer for this. And there are twenty. There's, of there's them. a short answer for this. Twenty were created, but back. When 40k was new, um, the Games Workshop decided, oh, we're going to have two factions, one good and one bad, that you, the player, can come up with and design your own. And then they were like, that idea is stupid. And so then they rewrote the history just being like, we don't talk about those two. (laughs) That's literally all we know is that we don't talk about them. All right. Now, an important discussion, especially in the versus discussion, there are 18 Primarchs. Nine of them do turn on Big E. Against Which him. is a factor. That is a factor. <laughs> because if well, we this have is... some, if we have eight nine that turn on Big well, E, and this is where that another means there's nine very open to being manipulated. <laughs> well, and this brings me to another one of Palpatine's biggest strengths is he can manipulate people. Now, here's the thing: I have been keeping it secret for a little bit. We're going to talk about the Primarchs and the Apprentices. The last big segment of this discussion is we've essentially done resources, which is the armor. Our last section is I'm going to have both of you talk about the cracks in your... Oh, their weaknesses? Their weaknesses is going to be the last big section. So, like, let's let's talk about the Primarchs and the uh, Apprentices real quick. Who are, who are the Apprentices of Palpatine? Because I feel like I'm forgetting um, some. I mean, I assume we're just pulling in everybody yeah. here. So, Darth Maul, Count Dooku, mm-hmm. uh, Vader... You can count Ren. Kylo Ren, um, not Palpatine's apprentice, but Asajj Ventress is probably in here. General Grievous is probably in here. Um, If we want to dig even deeper, Savage Opress, Darth Maul's brother, is in here. (laughs) Um, It's a big one. um, This is, and also, you know, there's potentially him getting access to all the Jedi too. So there's also, you know, Mace Windu, Yoda, Obi Wan. This is funny because this is di- this is seeing how deep Griffin can dig into uh, Star Wars lore. Yeah, um, 
I mean, he's also got, there was like that brief arc where like Vader had his own apprentice whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Are we counting um, Starkiller from the fucking... Oh yeah, Starkiller. Yeah, 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 Starkiller. Uh, then there's also... Uh, <laughs> you know this discussion has gone off the rails when we're talking about Starkiller. There's also the Snoke. <laughs> Palpatine created Snoke. He's part of this too, technically. Um, there's also the Inquisitors. There are the Inquisitors. I don't know how many Inquisitors there are, but, and they're not as powerful as, like, legit Sith Lords. Um. They're, like, Force adjacent, and they are, They can use the Force. And they're Like, they've been this. taught to use the Force. They just, they don't have access to some of that deep, dark side shit that, like, that Vader. Good. Yeah, they don't got that good good. Because, <gasps> oh. you know, the Sith have this bullshit rule of there can only be two. Mm. And the reason, for anyone who doesn't know, the reason the rule of two exists is because when there were two, when there were a bunch of Sith Lords running around, the galaxy, like, broke. <laughs> they kept fighting, and even the Sith were like, this is too many of us. Yeah, well, the Sith basically went extinct, and in order to survive, they were like, alright, that's it. We keep, like, keep the bloodlines uh, strict here. Blood well, line. not bloodline, they're not keep related. Keep the bloodline pure. Keep the force line pure, or whatever <laughs> it is. The Sith, they're in sith US. Like in they're in Scythius. Oh, also, um, Jar Jar, and <laughs> Jar Jar, the biggest of them all. Um, so the uh, oh, do you want to talk about their powers at all, or just or? I mean, all of them have the same basic powers. It's weird There's... describing the powers of the Force. It's like trying to describe what peanut butter tastes like. Like you've never ever to really do it before. Yeah, it's like peanuts. It's and it the Force. Like butter. You can move <laughs> objects with your mind. Some of them can <laughs> shoot lightning. You have uh, increased agility and strength. Um, you get a lightsaber, which is cool, and can basically lightsaber can basically cut through anything. Um, it's so weird to hear someone describe Star Wars. Basically, it's Star true. Wars it's stuff. so like it's so indoctrinated into our culture that it's like, how do you even explain like what the Force is? It's the Force. Um, also, also, I should point out because there's a few special things that we never see in the Star Wars movies, probably because of the Rule of Two. But if you get a whole bunch of Sith Lords in the same place at the same time. They can do some shit together. <laughs> We're gonna talk about uh, creating supernovas in a second. Their power compounds. Their power definitely compounds. There's a lot of shit that, even though Palpatine, like I said earlier, has basically all the Sith in him. Anyway, even with all that Sith power, there's things that Palpatine just can't do by himself that he can do with just other dark side users. So, alright, we're going to do a quick roundup of the Primarchs real quick, and then we're going to move on to our final segment. So, Sam, you want to lead us through it? Speed round to the best of my ability. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my yeah, watch. because all the Primarchs have, like, different powers, Ugh, There's right? so many, and they're all literally bred for specific purposes. Um, the most important... The, the we could probably do a whole other episode on just Primarchs versus Apprentices. Uh, it even takes multiple episodes when you do specific things like that. Anyways, the number one, who's like your Darth Vader equivalent, would be Horus. He was the first Primarch that the Emperor found. All the Primarchs are just... What they are, essentially, are genetically modified demigods that are a, like... They're the Emperor's sons, quote-unquote, because he made them based off of his own DNA, mixed with DNA of animals and other things and whatnot. Fun. Oh, they're the Rakshi. Sure. 
Um, but Horus, Horus is like your Darth Vader equivalent. He's the Emperor's favorite. He's like the number one. He was the War Master, but he's also the one who betrayed the Emperor and almost killed him. Um, typical Primarch stuff. I should have probably opened with this. Uh, they're all ridiculously huge, ridiculously powerful in their own right, and just like almost unkillable, except by like other Primarchs and things of that nature. So like. Generally, they're all, like, over 10 feet tall. They're always described as, like, demigods and people. Like, the morale things, like, the, they have a ridiculous effect on, on soldier morale. And every, like, group of Adeptus Astartes or the Space Marines is led by one of these Primarchs. And traits of these Primarchs are bled into their Space Marines. Um, so... Each Primarch being, like, a super soldier to a super soldier to a super soldier. Um, they're all ridiculously intelligent. They're all ridiculously strong and durable, immune to poison. Uh, bullets really don't matter. Their healing factor is off the charts. You need, like, specific weapons to kill them. Unless you're, like, on their power level. Like, that's not to say, like, you can't, like, kill them with a lightsaber, because you totally could. It's just that they're also ridiculously fast, ridiculously strong. Um, Horus is probably the most powerful, because he got, like, extra power from the Dark Gods, but we're probably not going to include that. He's, like, a tactical genius. His biggest problem was his ego. He got turned against the Emperor because he thought the Emperor was trying to become a god, which he wasn't, but he was. It's weird. Um... Some of the other notable ones, the most powerful Psycaster besides the Emperor himself would be Magnus, who's this giant Cyclops with red hair. Um, he has ridiculous psychic powers, um, who like astral projected himself from across the galaxy onto Earth, which is actually what caused the giant hole in the warp that the Emperor basically had to seal up after he sort of died. So, like, his psychic abilities are ridiculous. Um, there's people like Angron, who is, like, a bloodthirsty behemoth that just can't be put down. He literally had an entire skyscraper fall on him, and he was fine. It just pissed him off. But he's got a ridiculous bloodlust, and he will just never stop hacking stuff down. Mortarian is this, like... Grim Reaper, sort of tall, slender figure who is, like, just completely immune to, like, all disease and poison, extremely durable, just keeps on trucking. Like, Michael Myers style, just slow walks up to you, just kills you. Um, Sanguinius is literally an angel that's got, like, ridiculous psychic powers that can see the future, and he can fly and do psychic stuff and a bunch of things like that. And then there's other ones here and there that have similar abilities and their own speciality. Some of them are really good at, like, building fortifications. Like, the one who has his, uh, his moon-sized base, Rogel Dorn, of the Imperial Fists, is, like, this giant dude with, like, a two-handed chainsword, which is a chainsaw that's a sword, um, who's, who can build, like, the most indestructible fortresses ever and then there's vulcan who is an eternal so he was literally thrown into like the into a sun I into know, uh, a sun and he he came back yeah a star and it yeah it's essentially their powers are crazy like they're all they've all got crazy powers um th these are okay then like 
I would say these are the people that these two people have close to them as like yeah um now I would say we're gonna move on to our last segment um which is we kind of just talked about like the powers and what the resources now we're gonna talk about the cracks in in those uh wait hold on before we do that because there's a couple other Palpatine things that with apprentices that I didn't talk about oh, that I want to mention real quick because um Palpatine for all of his power there are certain things that he just simply cannot do by himself but that he can do if he's got other dark side users with him um the first first thing which I don't think really applies here are thought bombs now in the Star Wars universe thought bombs are a thing that Sith can create to basically wipe out uh, Force-sensitive beings. I don't know if that works for, like, psychic users in Warhammer universe. I think for the sake of this argument, we are going to equate psychically sensitive individuals with Force-sensitive individuals. I think we're just going to group them all into the same pen, because there's something on the 40k side which I feel like would be a hard counter to that but if we're not saying they equate then they don't and like i would i would say in the case of thought bombs they wouldn't equate because if they do then the sith could literally just melt every psychic user in the warhammer universe right but here's the thing there are i guess we'll just go to this point there is an entire um regiment inside of the imperium of man known as the sisters of silence which are what are called blanks which are 100 percent psychically immune the reason that they're immune is because they do not have a presence in the warp which is how psychic things work so if we're going to equate them they just don't have a presence in the force they're anti-force they don't exist and cannot be affected by it and their presence suppresses force users around them they are the anti-psychic to Got the it. highest degree. Okay. Thought bombs would bounce off of them. But they're a very niche thing. It's not like there's... That is actually very few of. In the, in there's a lot not of the, that many. In the 40k universe, there's usually okay. a lot of them. The, but other, not... the other thing I was going to mention about getting a whole bunch of Sith Lords in one place. Now, this this is a thing that Palpatine may not wouldn't necessarily know to do on his own, but we're assuming since he has all the knowledge of previous Sith Lords that he would know to do this. There have, it has been documented that by combining power of Sith Lords, they can essentially cause clusters of stars to explode and they can basically just create supernovas at will, which have not quite, they won't quite just destroy a planet as cleanly as like the Death Star would or like some of those Imperial cannons in the Final Order. But creating supernovas at will, especially in a space battle, pretty big thing to worry about. If we're going to talk about the Imperium of Man in their Golden Age, here's the thing. Everything we've been talking about with Big E and his entire empire is not actually humanity at its strongest point. And it's a weird thing because the Emperor wasn't prevalent when humanity was at its strongest point. They did actually have things that had that capability, but have since lost it. The, um, yeah, but I mean, that's, 
we only talk about that, and we'll talk about that uh, in weaknesses in a second. But since they've lost this technology, the um, the humankind at their strongest in the forty k universe is kind of like insanely powerful like would beat any universe because they they have things called stcs which are ai that can basically like starfleet just fabricate anything because they all hold the databases of everything humanity has ever created i have a quick question about uh biggie himself and the primarchs sure how much of their power and their decision making is emotionally fueled and how much of it is just like pure logic and it depends on the primarch because i guess i guess my question is this if they were a spellcaster in D D, what's their spellcasting stat it comes down to the primarch biggie himself would probably be intelligence because he's a scientist through and through okay um there are certain primarchs such as uh, I think the best example would probably be Rebute Gilliman. He is like the most tactical mind of the all of the Primarchs. He is like Mister Logic. Yeah, um, I mean, without going in to every- but there's also like like Angron where it's pure emotion, nothing okay. but anger. Well, okay, so a character like that to any Sith Lord is like a battery because the dark side literally. Dark side powers are literally fueled by strong emotions. That's why every Sith Lord, when you're fighting them, is always like, use your hate and anger. And they want you to feel strong emotions because they feed off that shit, too. I'm going to pause this here because I'm moving us into the weakness because we're so bordering on the edge of it. because The weaknesses of both sides. Because one of the biggest weaknesses, um, and I'm going to connect this, a lot of the Primarchs that deal off of emotions are the ones that turned against the Emperor. Um, Almost exclusively. Exclusively the ones that, like, had these, like, massive, like, emotions and, like, hatred and love and lust and stuff were the ones that turned against. So, like, all of those people would be pretty strongly susceptible to Palpatine's influence. It's extremely plausible. Almost almost certainly. It comes down to the scale on that one because it took time and persuasion. Well, that's that's the thing, and this is kind of the point I was going to make that might invalidate this entire argument, is is the best strat for Palpatine is honestly probably not even having an army at all. It's literally Palpatine plunking himself down into the 40k universe by himself, spending years decades even because you said he's a human technically so he would get recruited into humanity if he was born even on a planet that wasn't originally inside the imperium of man and he lived with other humans yes yeah and one of palpatine's biggest strengths is the fact that he can completely conceal his powers from other force sensitive beings and that would probably translate to the psychics in uh 40k as well here's here's the the one the one thing i'll bring up about this and i would say we're probably just getting into weaknesses at this point the the thing with all of this if palpatine even on his own went in and took the half of the primarchs that we had already said are susceptible and took them and put them against the emperor with all of their resources and everything that already happened and the emperor still won he almost died but he still won 
Well, what turn? Well, the the apprentice, the Primarchs who turned didn't have Palpatine before. Now, okay. that's my answer to that. Okay, now Sam's okay. Now moderator stepping in here for a second. Uh, Sam says that Big E won. Big E ended up as a skeleton in a chair. And I mean, that's like more or less what Palpatine was looking like in episode nine. He wasn't a... The the Empire is so fucked. Even without him, the rest of the Primarchs that didn't die could easily squash what's left of Palpatine's Empire. Anyway, Palpatine's biggest weakness is that once he's turned you, he will kind of forget that... You couldn't turn back, but yes, the big, the big E, big E did win <laughs> in the end of that. Of in revolt. the okay, but still. anyway, I would say Palpatine's because pretty much any time Palpatine gets beat, it's by I mean, it's literally by people that he created himself. It's strongly implied that Palpatine basically created Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. through the manipulation of midichlorians to create life from darth plagueis's teachings and all that shit also uh ray is his granddaughter so pretty much the only things that ever beat palpatine are powerful force users that he himself created but there also just truly wasn't a powerful enough force being outside of his creation to counter him and i would argue the emperor himself is his primarchs have the potential to be if they don't turn against him which some of them would, some of them wouldn't. But let's get specifically into weaknesses here, instead of speculating more battle tactics and whatnot. What, what, is, is that really all of Palpatine's weaknesses is truly just that he forgets to cover his own ass with his own assets? Kind of. That, I mean, that, I mean, yeah, Palpatine's... I mean, yeah, that filled with a sense of the general sort of His weakness of the Empire in general is overconfidence. They never, everyone's always like, well, those small ships can't destroy the Death Star. This small battalion can't take out the Empire. They they, they will underestimate their competition. But based on past conversations, it sounds like Big E might do the exact same thing. His biggest problem was how he looked at the Primarchs in the first place. He always saw them as tools to an end. And eventually the Primarchs, the ones that betrayed him, kind of figured that out. And the ones who stayed with him, they kind of either accepted it or just didn't acknowledge it at all. Real quick, I would say to really quickly uh, generalize that, I would say that Palpatine's is overconfidence and the Emperor and Big E's is more indifference (laughs) it's true he's he has a master plan that is a very long term big scale because again the opponents that the emperor is up against just really aren't uh, when i say the emperor i mean palpatine is up against just really aren't the same scale as what big e is up against big e's biggest foes are four gods from the warp essentially just devils like like four core demons whose entire power comes from belief and worship of them and you were asking uh you i only heard you say this for a second griffin you were asking who turned those other nine yeah the answer was the uh the four chaos gods the The four chaos gods were the only thing that could turn any of them from the emperor and one of those actually did try to turn back but couldn't because it was too late Anyway, 
I still maintain that Palpatine's strat would just be go deep, deep undercover inside the ranks of 40k mankind, work his way up for decades, centuries if necessary, and until eventually he could put himself in a position to take out Biggie. But real quick, a weakness of that strategy is that it does take on a lot of risk. It does take on a lot of risk, but again, one of Palpatine's biggest strengths is that he can completely conceal his intentions and abilities from which others. The my, which Biggie my, can do, actually. He also does have that ability. My one thing about that method is while the Emperor is going undercover and doing all of that, the entirety of his forces, planets, and everything would just become destroyed and absorbed into the Empire of Man. Thus, empty Biggie Right, no, I'm, the war. I'm saying if there was never a war, I'm saying if Palpatine just didn't have any of his forces just plunked himself right, into 40k universe by himself. but that's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. The scenario was both sides at full power, head to head, in an intergalactic I know, intergalactic but the way war. this whole argument started in the first place was... Yeah, Griffin, when he shared this point, did say that it invalidates the original argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I, yes. You're yeah, it, it invalidates the entire purpose of this original argument, but it was an important factor that we did talk about in the original debate. Because we didn't set up parameters at the start. It was literally just David texting us, who would win, the Emperor of Mankind or Emperor Palpatine? And then that set up this whole <laughs> chain of, this whole chain reaction. So can I, just, just as kind of a summary to several things we've said. In a one-on-one direct confrontation, Big E would take Palpatine. We both agreed to that. Not that it would ever happen. Yeah, because... On an intergalactic war, where both full military mights and resources are put head-to-head, it's close, and it would really come down to specifics of the major players. Could the Emperor turn the Primarchs and are the Primarchs actually strong enough to take on the ridiculous Sith powers? I think those are the biggest factors there. And then finally, and a if it of was a battle of espionage, could Palpatine, most likely, as we've discussed, infiltrate and turn enough to stop the Emperor? The thing is, like, I just feel like there's there's too many variables to say for sure. But I guess that's the whole point. Of I guess that is the, the whole point. point. <laughs> and you kind of just draw your own conclusions right. from there. Um, although now that I think about it, knowing Palpatine, there's a decent chance that what he would actually do is, you know, be the head of the empire with his whole forces. And then in an intergalactic war, and then separately have an alternate identity as just bumbling old politician Palpatine, who will go, deep undercover inside the Emperor of Man. Which there kind. are millions of um the way their their political infrastructure works is that each planet gets a planetary governor. Oh, he would totally That's eat up. exactly what I'm he saying. He would eat that he would eat that shit That's up. That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, but well, the thing oh, is well, one planet just doesn't have the significance. Really quick. No, but um, Griffin, you should know about this. Um one small political thing that happened that also made a lot of Astartes mad is that uh, Big E set up a uh, government on Earth, Terra, the ruling lords of Terra, 
and he left the space marines out of the equation. They didn't have a representative at the table, and that made the space marines furious. That was one of the largest factors. And that I think I think Palpatine would revel. Palpatine would exploit that immediately (laughs) because just even if you even if you take away all the Sith powers, Palpatine is an excellent politician. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying is. Biggie's biggest problem is his indifference. He did not care about his space marines, his best military force. He was like, no, they don't get a seat at the table. They're a tool. Yeah. Now, one thing <laughs> I will say, and this is something we discussed briefly off mic, but are the opponents that each side face factors during this conflict? Because if the Empire of Man doesn't also have to focus on chaos, which is their biggest enemy... The orcs, the Tyranids, the Necrons, the Dark Eldar, and all of these other ridiculous powers that could probably destroy either one of um, these empires if put full force into them. Like, if the Empire of Man has full force to focus on the Empire of Star Wars, then I think that gives them a severe advantage. One of the biggest issues with why the Empire of man hasn't just conquered is because there are these ridiculous powers that they have to split their attention attention between the orcs on their own could take over the galaxy if they united the tyranids are taking over the galaxy the necrons have the technology to take over the galaxy and chaos is literally eating humanity from the inside and if they didn't have to worry about all those things and put all of their ridiculous manpower into it i think that they could just overwhelm the star wars galaxy so quickly that we might end up with both scenarios to where Palpatine's empire is like engulfed in an, maybe a hundred years, but then Palpatine Palpatine up. didn't die and, yeah. and comes back because, from like, the inside. So it's like it's one of those never ending things. It is one of those never ending things because the only way the only way that Palpatine dies and stays dead is if the Emperor is smart enough to figure out his game. I think he has that potential, though, because he is an infinitely smart being. Even when he's quote-unquote dead, he still has an active presence in the warp, and somehow, some way, has managed to also have something that I mentioned that the Chaos Gods have. It seems that in modern um, lore of 40k, the more belief and worship that's put into the Emperor is actually giving him a stronger presence and power in the warp to where he's actually becoming a god. Quite literally. And if you destroyed his physical presence, it really would only just fuck Terra in of itself. Humanity itself would be in a bad state, but the Emperor himself would still exist as a as well, a spiritual force. I guess that force. sort of raises the question uh, because it seems we've established that you can't kill Biggie permanently, at least. It doesn't so seem what, so. So what is even considered a win here for Palpatine? And I think that goes back to both sides. I think the Emperor can destroy Palpatine's well, empire, maybe not stamp out Palpatine for good, but also if Palpatine, in turn, managed to worm his way into the Emperor's empire and destroy that or kill the Emperor himself, he would be able to come back. So I think the ultimate answer to our question is it's a never it's a ending, never ending cycle, cycle of backstabbing, espionage, and brute force. And brute force. Thank you for listening to the. Thank poop. you for listening <laughs> to the poker. Everyone, I've been David I have, Thor. Yeah, I have no other arguments. I'm fine with ending it there. This has been it's about as draw as it can be. Do you guys want to say your names? As I am were? David Thorpe. 
I am Sam Ryan. And I am Griffin McCorkle. <laughs> Thank you for listening, all. Thank you for listening. Go check out our other uh, friends' podcast. Are your parents proud of you? All systems are go. Uh, robots into guys. Hate no eight. Hate no eight. Uh, 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 that's it. That's it. Um, oh, and um, stop cutting off semis, especially getting into the winter months. We'll run you over. In it's the winter true. months, you also tip and fucking kill like other other people as well. <laughs> like if a car like, like our fault. <laughs> a car like. Years in. Anyways, bye everybody. <laughs> bye.